Hello, friends. Thank you for listening to the Dis Dump Podcast. This is episode 100. I can't believe I'm here, and I couldn't be here without all of you. Everyone who's been a guest on this show, so many people I've met and made friends with. This is a super cool hobby. I'm so appreciative of everything I've learned and everyone I've met and everyone who supported me. This is fantastic. Uh, I'm going to continue on after episode 100, as I uh, stated in previous episodes. I rekindled friendships with old friends. I've made new friends. This has just been a really wonderful experience. So, that said... Apparently, I'm still not very good at this, <laughs> because this episode, uh, my audio didn't record well. It was a flaw in the software we were using. It literally had had no control over it, but it's just so frustrating. It had to happen on episode 100. So, um, yeah, the I hope you can stomach it. I hope you can see through. Uh, stay tuned for part two, which will come out another time, probably tomorrow maybe even the same day that this episode drops but yeah so uh everything that i say january got pushed back to february and that will be true for several episodes to come i just january has been one of the most difficult months of my life but things are getting back on track and uh, i'm very excited to continue to do this continue to bring you this show and thank you all so much for supporting me so here comes Episode 100, Brotherhood of the Wolf, featuring Josh from 4Nerds by Nerds. Hello and welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast 2022. This is episode 100. It's really like episode 115 or some shit, but this is canonical episode 100. And I am joined by the person who's been on here the single most number of times for sure, Mr. Josh from 4Nerds by Nerds. What up, Josh? Hi, buddy. I'm also your co-host on the Highland Horror Podcast. Oh yeah, that's a thing too. He's one of my co-hosts. <laughs> We're on many podcasts together. I'm basically a co-host of his show too, and he's a co-host yep. of this show. We're all hosts. Broski Supreme, what's up, my friend? I'm so happy to be here, as always. Dude, me too, me too. So Chris is going to be popping up later, so you and I are just going to be doing this one today. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, sorry, my voice is so hoarse. I am just now emerging from a COVID fog. And uh, I'm feeling a little better today, so I figured today was the day to do yep. my favorite movie. Miles got the Ronies, but he's back in full force. Got that Omicron, motherfucker! <laughs> he's a transformer <laughs> up in this bitch. <laughs> they shouldn't give him cool names. It should be like Tooth Crack Sad Man. <laughs> like, it shouldn't be like Omicron, coming to get you. <laughs> I can't wait till the next one. Well, what's the next one's going to be what? Start with a P? I don't know. It always goes in order, right? <laughs> or is it based <laughs> on a certain alphabet? I don't think it's like hurricanes, but it might be. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> so um, today, we're talking about my all-time favorite movie. It's called Brotherhood of the Wolf. 
and it is a French film, and I really like it. And it's uh, it's about uh, the French countryside in the 1750s and 60s, how there was a monster running around killing women and children, and the French government's like, what the fuck is going on out there? So they send their one of their guys out to figure it out. And that's the beginning of the movie. Brotherhood of the Wolf. What did you think, Josh? Uh, I surprisingly really liked it. <laughs> yeah? Like, not just like, a, oh, I thought I wouldn't like it. Because, like, I remember seeing trailers for this and being like, yeah, I want to see it. But usually when I watch movies that I missed, like, back in the day... If I watch them nowadays, I'm like, oh, this sucks. But it's because I'm not seeing it in the year 2000 with those expected graphics. I'm seeing it in 2022 and being like, these graphics look like shit. Right, right. But and I don't usually like like period piece movies, but I just like this a lot. I like Mark Dukaskis a lot. The guy that played. uh, What is his name? Manny. Manny. Yeah. Yeah. Manny's my favorite character. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Manny's the best. That's Mark um, Dukaskis. He's from, uh, I know him best from the movie Double Dragons based on the video game. It's awful, awful movie. Is it? <laughs> but he's also, he's been in a, quite a few movies. Um, have you seen Cradle to the Grave with Jet Li and DMX? Yeah. Isn't he's he the, like bad the bad guy, guy in, that? in that. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was the bad guy in the last John Wick movie. That's right. Yep. Because awesome. he's bald now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also, he does Iron Chef America. He does like the intros for that because his either his uncle or his grandfather used to be the that guy in the Japanese version of Iron Chef because there was a Japanese version for a long time before American Ninja Warrior or whatever. And uh, he used to be the guy. So now he does that like intro where he's like, oh, Iron Chef. And he's doing all these poses <laughs> and shit. <laughs> yeah, there's like a, a clip that went viral where it was like, what are we experimenting with today? And like this huge elaborate display happens where like all these bottles of beer <laughs> yeah. come out and he goes, beer! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always shit like that. And like, squeeze! <laughs> He's like a Japanese game show and everybody else isn't. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Speaking of which, before we get into this, I had a dream last night that I had traveled to China. It was very vivid. Like, I was up in this like it was real life. I got mauled by a lion, and you happened to live in China. <laughs> <laughs> and I found your house, and I was like, thank God you're here, Miles. <laughs> I got, got mauled, mauled by, by a lion. <laughs> out an outdoor Chinese McDonald's. <laughs> was it a lion, or was it one of those, like, dragon lions from Shang-Chi? No, this was a actual like tiger. (laughs) (laughs) It was the size of the table, and everyone just moved while it circled the table and then chose someone to attack. (laughs) And of course, you lost Duck Duck Goose there. Then I went to some weird like strip mall, Kmart type of thing, and there was just everything you could possibly imagine there to buy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was so weird. But yeah, this movie kicked ass. I loved it. I, I, it's kind of like the back. Have you have you seen the Highlander? Long ago. I fucking I think I like the Highlander the way you like this movie. Mm-hmm. And there's like flashback scenes in the Highlander that feel very much like this movie. And this I think it's really so fucking cool. And Manny is the shit of fucking love. <laughs> Manny is so fucking awesome. So this is a period piece. So we're in the 1700s. But for some reason, Manny, who was uh, 
the guy that you just said his name. Mark Dukaskis. Mark Dukaskis, not to be mistaken with Mark Duplass, which is what I kept calling <laughs> <laughs> He's a very different person. <laughs> that would be super weird. <laughs> Mark Dukakis plays a Mohawk Indian. And uh, during the French and Indian War, he came back with a Frenchman named uh, Gregoire de Fronsac. And they both know Kung Fu <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Not many people know Kung Fu in this movie, but a couple of them do. But in kind of in an believable way, too. Like, they're just kicking the shit out of people, and it's dope as fuck. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So on the DVD for this, this came out in 2001. So on the DVD for this, there's one commercial, and it's for The Born Identity. (laughs) I've seen this commercial 700,000 times of just Matt Damon. And, uh, yep. So Act 1 opens with uh peasants rising up against the uh the rich aristocracy and uh the story is being told by Marquis Thomas de Pache. I think that's how De Pache, something like that. I, all the names are French, so I'm doing my best, people. All the names are so long it's hard to remember any of them. Like the yeah. only reason I remember Manny's is because it's short and there are people named Manny today. Right. <laughs> like in the rest are all these very long French names where everyone said each other's entire name. <laughs> and they're so similar. That's why they had to say their whole name. It's like, I'm Jean-Francois and you're Jean-Frangique. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing messing with me too was I was watching it. I rented it on YouTube and the subtitles did not match what they actually said like word for word. Because it was like the subtitles were translating the French phonetically. Right. But the dub was saying the words the way they were actually written. Mm-hmm. So they didn't match. And sometimes the subtitles are just wrong. So like I'd be looking at that like what they said and like listen to what they were saying and I'm like it was just so distracting. <laughs> yeah, so all of the actors in this are like American or at least English speaking actors. And they did French for this movie for some reason. And are you normally a subs guy, a dubs guy, or both? I find myself always having subtitles on now just because, like, my house is so loud. Like, the watcher's always going or the kids are running around or whatever. So I always have subtitles on just so it just kind of helps my brain. <laughs> and when I do commentaries, I have them on so that I can read uh, And since I can't hear the TV. But... Right. uh yeah, I do like dub though. Like, I don't really like reading it, but I have gotten used to it a lot more now. I used to hate it because I couldn't, I didn't want to just be staring at the bottom of the screen. I want to see the action. That's, yeah, especially with movies like this, it's kind of hard to be like, yeah, I'm going to read the whole thing because there's dudes doing backflips and breaking yeah. people's jaws and shit. Um, and it just, it is the weirdest thing because it's not offset like a Godzilla movie the words they're saying must be close. Like French must be the closest to English or something because it's pretty close, their yeah. mouth movements. It just seemed like they were saying what the dub was saying. Just one beat off. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You were like, what the fuck is up with this movie, man? <laughs> but yeah, I think the fact that the original actors were also like reperforming, a second time to like do it in English. They're trying to like match up their mannerisms and their voice and stuff. And it does yeah. give a kind of weird feeling. I think it, that's what that's is what it is too, because usually you can, 
it's hard to be like, does that voice really match that person? But it was all the same people. So it's like, yeah, I can believe that guy sounds like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> the uh, the main guy, is it is the same voice, but in the French version, you can tell that he's not, I feel like he might be as comfortable with French as English, but I feel like he's less comfortable with English. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so, I feel like I, I knew his name, but I looked through his IMDb, and I'm like, this is the only thing I've ever heard of him being in. Samuel Lebon, B-I-H-A-N. Is that um, his name? Yeah. That's his name. Well, he hasn't been in anything since 2008. He I think it's because he looks like the guy. He looks like the main guy. That's why it, it makes me think of Highlander as well, because he looks like Christopher Lambert <laughs> yeah, a little like, bit. Yeah. That's hilarious. So in and, my mind, this was like a, this is a Highlander sequel. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of is in some ways, yeah. Um, let me see here. There, there are French people in this, like Vincent Castle. Fucking love Vincent Castle. This is my introduction to him. Do you know who he is? Which one is he in the movie? He is the one-armed man in the movie. Oh yeah, I have definitely seen him in something, and he yeah, he is a very hateable face. He does. He's a bad guy in a bunch of spy movies, and he's like the teacher in Black Swan. And oh, really? uh, yeah, he's he's definitely more famous now than he was when this came out. He also um, looks like a skinny Clancy Brown, who's also in Highland. <laughs> that's somewhat true. Yes, I'm he's putting these all together. <laughs> so <laughs> many connections. <laughs> so uh, Manny and uh, the main dude. His name is. Gregoire de Fransac, but everyone calls him Fransac, which actually is good because he's like the only person whose name kind of sounds like that. I and, couldn't uh, remember his name because the subtitles kept calling him Knight. So I was like, oh, that's badass. He's the Knight. <laughs> like, really? Like, I didn't know that. Like huh. K- like K-N-I-T? Or K-N-I-G-H-T. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he is... So they reveal later... It, Every time I watch this, I do pick up something else, and they call him a naturalist, and apparently, by today's standards, that means he's a biologist. I didn't realize that was... So, that the, these mo- this monster is terrorizing the countryside, and uh, they send a biologist in to figure it out, which is wild, but I guess it is kind of what the government would do. Yeah, my friend's a natural biologist, and that's what his, that's what his whole focus is on, animals, like wildlife and vegetation and shit like that. Yeah, does he solve a lot of crimes? He doesn't, but he was on. Uh, there's this like outdoor cop show, like fishing game type of show. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like North Northeast Justice or something like that. <laughs> <coughs> and that he's been on an episode of that, like as a like, because that's all it's like catching people hunting too much and shit like that. Yeah. So he has to like go out and like inspect the the. Uh, like hunting licenses and shit. Interesting. Yeah, that's like that's essentially what this guy does. Oh, and before he shows up, there is a. Uh, it is seventeen sixty four. They say on the TV, and there's a bloody girl running, and she's killed by an unseen beast. How did you feel at this first kill of the movie right away? The way that her body was moving around, I'm like, okay, she's definitely being killed by a monster. Yeah. Like. Because that was my whole thing. I'm like, is this going to turn out to be a person? Because I don't want it to be a person. Like, it is not. <laughs> I went through a roller coaster in this movie. I, I have so much to say. <laughs> yeah. 
but I was yeah, like, uh, I was like, all things point to monster right now. So that's a good start. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a good start. Um, audience, if you haven't watched this movie, please stop and watch Brotherhood of the Wolf because it's 100% worth the watch. This is my favorite movie of all time. And it's not about a werewolf. We had a long back and forth about this before the movie. <laughs> I swear Miles told me there was a werewolf involved. There is no werewolf. <laughs> there are no werewolves in this movie, but uh, there are plenty of actual wolves, though, which we'll get to. You could have um, seen a werewolf in this movie, though. I mean, they could have been dope as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they could have used the words werewolf and they just didn't. But that would have been cool. Like, I, I like the way they did it better. Kung Fu is better than werewolf as far as this context. No, both. The that way they're Kung Fu fighting a fucking werewolf at the end. <laughs> they pretty much do that in Dog Soldiers, which we covered in one of the first episodes of the podcast. <laughs> guy named Spoon, he fights a werewolf with a pot. Spoon Man! Yeah, <laughs> yeah Spoon Man. Alright, <clears throat> so, movie opens with uh, the peasants are rising up against the rich people and Marquis Thomas Tipesh the Depache, he is writing this story, and the story starts in 1764 with the bloody girl running, and she gets killed by the unseen beast. Then we cut to men dressed as women who are trying to beat up a witch. And um, so, did you pick up why the men were dressed as women? No. Took no. me a while to figure it out. So, because the monster only kills women and children, they dress like women to try and, like, lure it out they're gonna kill it with sticks that was their plan and then they bumped into a witch so they started beating the shit out of her and her father and that's when manny and gregoire de Fransac show up and they're like get out of here biologist man and manny beats the shit out of them they never wear those cool jackets again i thought that was gonna be through the whole movie I thought so too. Like I have been telling my mom for years, I want their whole outfit. Like I want that outfit, pirate hat that's like leather and their trench coats and shit. Yeah, isn't there? There's a game where you dress like that. I think Bloodborne uh, is what people. There's some. There's another one too from a few years ago. Like it was something 1866 or something like that. I don't know. And you like fight werewolves and vampires, and you're dressed like that. You have the zipped all the way zipped up to your eyes jacket. Dude, that's awesome. I need to know what this game is. If you know what it is, email me discomfort.gmail.com. Uh, the, the order. That's what the it's order. Called. The order. 1866. Dude, that sounds fucking dope. Just for the wardrobe of it, because I really want this outfit. Like, I would be these guys every year for Halloween if I had. It was outfit. cool, especially for a fight scene, and mm-hmm. they didn't. They weren't talking. It was very like Darth Vader. It was dope. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It is very much like Darth Vader. Steampunk Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Manny beats the shit out of them, and it's pretty clear he's got the hots for the witch right away. And uh, there is sexual tension between everybody. That witch is just so crazy that it comes off as sexual. <laughs> yeah, she's she's got fuck me eyes, and she throws them around like it's a weapon. Like she's. She's got everybody licking her face and shit throughout this movie. Yeah, I don't think she says a single word in this movie, but she grunts a lot and she just randomly like grabs onto people. Yeah, she, you know, you're not. I don't think you're wrong. I think she doesn't say a single word in this movie. Now I'm thinking about it. Wow, I never picked that up. And this is my favorite movie. I've seen it like 35 times. Um, so that's when they introduced Gregoire de Fransac and Manny, the Native American, and um, they met during the French and Indian War. 
and uh, there have been uh, a couple dozen at this point. Kid, women and children have been killed by this monster. So Paris, they just call it Paris, even though it's the king, was like, somebody needs to figure this shit out. So they sent him in, and uh, the people who are there, the aristocrats, are pissed off that they didn't send a military official. But he's like, just let me figure this all out. Um, so the first thing Gregoire de Fransac does is he goes to the hospital where all of the people who've seen the beast are, and he sketches the animal based on their descriptions and doesn't really look like what he draws very much. <laughs> I like how the two main characters have a very like Han Solo and Chewbacca relationship. <laughs> they do, yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> They're best friends. It never falters at, at all. Homeboy's got fucking that dude's back 100%. Yep. If, if Fronsack gave the witch the goofy eye, you didn't let him know because there was no bro code all the way. <laughs> um, so they get told that there's been another attack at St. Albans. So they were called to see this dead woman. And that's when the captain shows up with all his buddies. They were hiding behind. Uh, hiding behind trees and shit, and they poison the dead body, and you get to see the kind of damage this thing does. It just, like, ripped a huge hole in the side of this woman. Imagine being ten years old and seeing that. I was ten. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, this would be pretty intense for a ten-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I we got it on VHS from, like, a low local like, video store. There's full frontal in this movie. <laughs> A lot of full frontal in this movie. It's fantastic. And my dad watched it the night before, and he goes, Miles, you shouldn't watch this, but it was so damn good you need to watch it. Yeah. I'm going to put it here on the table. I'm going to turn around and leave. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. I watched it with him, and it was awkward. <laughs> um, so then uh, I think it's the girl from the beginning as the big chunk ripped out of her. Um, so then they reveal that Greg Ward, the Fransac, is responsible for identifying it. And then once it's dead, his job is to taxidermy it and show it to everybody. Um, so then we meet Jean-Francois, who is played by Vincent Castle. And he has one arm and he's part of the aristocracy. Uh, the aristocracy are concerned and that Paris didn't send like an actual warrior but they don't know manny like manny definitely is a fucking warrior <laughs> yeah he is um and that's when uh craig or the fransac sees marianne de morge 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 is how you're supposed to morge but there's like q's and g's and it's a fucking just what's the word i'm looking for a consonant salad <laughs> And um, so there's a dude named Maxwell who's like all up in her shit. He's a poet and a playwright. So uh, Fransac plays him perfectly. He's like, they they really like you in there, but don't bring it up. But you need to be present for when they ask you to do something cool. And he like goes and runs away. And then uh, Fransac is like hitting on Marianne. And, yeah, she's uh, fine. She was, oh my God, what is that actress's name? I don't know. She's up there right now. Uh, Emily Dickin and uh, clicked on her face and what's going on with her? She uh, stopped acting in 2014, so that sucks. But she has been in 
such fine films as Not My Type, Rosetta, and Our Children. Don't know any of them. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's a very cute, very cute female. And uh, they basically are like, this is a supernatural creature. And Frontax like, no, it's not. We're all sitting at dinner at this point. And um, so Frontax presents them with a furry trout. He's like, sometimes the unbelievable can be believable. So this furry trout has like mink's fur on it. And everyone's like, wow, this is amazing. Frontax like, no, it's not. I made this shit up. Yeah, I didn't get that scene because he like whips it out and then there's like an argument that it's not real. And then when he finally gets everyone to believe it's real, he's like, you idiots, it's not real. (laughs) (laughs) He's the smartest man in the room and he lets it be known. (laughs) The only person he really doesn't fool, though, is Jean-Francois, the one-armed man. He sees clean through the bullshit. He's like, "Mm, yeah, that shit ain't real. Yeah, fuck that guy. He's a very worldly man, but he also is like super smart and he just doesn't take bullshit, which I admire about him. <laughs> like nobody fucking pulls the wool over that dude's eyes. Um and, and he's he's quite the badass in his own right. Yeah, he is. He I didn't see that coming. The world. <laughs> he, he traveled the world and like fought lions and shit. Like he's awesome. So then we go into act two. So act one is really just like setting it up. It's it's been like 30 minutes at this point even though not a lot has happened there's been a couple of crazy moments but overall, yeah i feel like there is things that like could be taken out this movie could be compressed i'm not sure it needed to be two and a half hours long it's just a period piece man you can't make a short period piece <laughs> yeah i mean maybe if you took out made get made more people like you could have kind of taken out the main guy's love story and it wouldn't have changed at all like, he right. could have just had the relationship with the prostitute, and that would have taken out a good 20 minutes of the fucking movie. Yeah, that, you're not wrong, but Marianne is very attractive. I wouldn't cut her out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so, then Act 2 starts with the largest hunt ever. They got most of the dudes in the army to come, and they're going to hunt some fucking wolves. And, uh, of course, Jean-Francois is there, Gregoire de Fronsac, Manny, everybody's coming to do this big hunt. And uh, then a big crazy fight happens, and it's instigated by the witch. <laughs> she's like, "Come get me, Manny!" And then she's like licking people's faces and like fuck up that Indian guy. Yeah, that was odd because they were giving them, they were giving each other like fuck me eyes, and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Two like you know nomads are gonna fucking hook up, go savage on each other. But then, then she just had these people attack him. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Just an excuse for some more kung fu. Some crouching tiger, hidden dragon shit is what I wrote. <laughs> I, I I was thinking in my mind, uh, Shanghai Noon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't seen that in forever. Um, so he fights, first he fights two barbarian dudes who want to be Wolverine. Uh, then he fights a couple redhead Scottish women. And um, then some more Wolverine wannabes show up, and John Francois shoots one in the arm that's about to stab Manny, and he hits him with a silver bullet. And uh, that's when it is revealed that uh, Jean Francois signs all of his shots with his signature gun, his left handed gun, with a silver bullet. This is important later. Yeah, and, and by uh, Wolverine people, Miles means that shit for real. They got these big ass blades they hold in their hands. Like a lot of people in this movie have them. 
Yeah, the the weapons in this movie are so soul caliber, it's not even funny. Like all of the weapons from this movie you can get in soul caliber. <laughs> um, so then they uh then they're talking about Sardis the monk. Or not the monk, uh the priest. There's a priest named Sardis, and they all he's like the highest ranking priest in uh Gibouton, which is where they are. And uh so everyone really respects Sardis, but some uh Jean Francois is like that guy's an idiot, and uh, Gregoire de Fronsac is like, I'll, I'll be the judge of that myself. And uh, so while they're having this conversation, the witch's dad drags her over and is like, My daughter started all this bullshit. And he throws her down and she swallows her tongue and pretends to be possessed. This scene doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's general. not necessary. I mean, I guess it was just to get them to go away. Like they, she's trying not to get punished. But she's like foaming at the mouth, so Fransac like pulls her tongue out and says, "Don't let her swallow her tongue anymore." And everyone's like, "Oh, he saved her life!" And it's like this whole moment was unnecessary. They just wanted to yeah. show off they could make her froth at the mouth, I guess. Yeah, it was kind of gross. <laughs> yes, it was. So then comes a really like, how the fuck did they do that scene where they shoot just hundreds of wolves and they're like getting knocked off to the side and ragdolled and shit and it's like how did they make this without actually hurting wolves in 2001 yeah i don't know like maybe they just had like things that flew up underneath them because yeah their whole like bodies were contort like they were just jumping out of the way yeah they they must have had like levers like fly up underneath them to make them like jump because they couldn't see them or something I don't know, man. Like, I just am. I don't. I, every time I watch this, I'm like, I'm gonna check and make sure that the <laughs> people for the ethical treatment of animals have approved it. They, I never think to actually do it. Like by the end of the movie, I'm just like, wow, I like that movie so much, and I never actually check to see no animals were hurt in the making of this film. Um, so then Marianne shows up, and instead of shooting at wolves, Fransac knows that this ain't a damn wolf because he saw that huge bite mark out of that lady. Like, this ain't a damn wolf. Also, Manny, Manny loves wolves, and this whole thing's breaking his heart. Yes, for real. He he has a special connection to a white wolf. And uh, so Marianne has some, some fancy words with Fronsac and takes off. And Fronsac chases her through the woods, and uh, he basically calls her a tomboy because she doesn't ride side saddle. She rides like a man. Um, and then the sacred white wolf comes up to their hunting spot when he finally catches her. But Fronsac stops Marianne from shooting it. Man, like, hey, thanks for not shooting for Appreciate it. <laughs> um, there's some kind of special fancy moment where the place that they're at matters. And I guess it does come up at the end of the movie, but it's just like a burned down Templar temple. So it's cool. Whatever. It's really not that important. Yeah, I didn't even put two and two together. That's where they were until you just said that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, it's the only reason that they even pointed out that the place was specifically important at all. I had to watch this in parts, so like there were some of the little things got disconnected. There's a lot of little things. This is a really like they thought about this movie a lot when they were making it. <laughs> um, so then it's party time. So everyone's celebrating that they killed like hundreds and hundreds of wolves. There's just a pile. Yeah, it's a giant mound of wolves. It's awful. Um, they would, it's the kind of shit you'd get if you like cleaned out Skyrim. I don't know if you played Skyrim, but they got a real wolf <laughs> problem. Um, so it's party time and, uh, everyone's getting drunk and 
people are trying to understand who Manny is, like the, the concept of totems and stuff is super foreign to them. Because they're aristocracy in the 1700s. And uh, so he's like, he can tell you what your soul animal is, basically. So he's telling all the, the aristocracy what their soul animals are. And John Francois a little too drunk. And he comes up, he's like, turn me into a lion or some shit. And uh, Tomas is revealed in this scene. He's officially a character. He is the guy telling the story later. Uh, but he's just like a young guy in this at this point. And he says that he is a wise snake, Tomas. And uh, Tomas is really like one of the gang, but they don't really talk about him too, too much. He's just always with him. Yeah, I liked him. He's cool. He's all right. Um, questions so, at the end. Yes, of course. Um, so then, uh, because it's party time, where else are you going to go in the 1700s? It's time for the whole house. Yeah, free hookers for everybody, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Fransac goes to Monica Belusi because she's into some pagan shit. Oh, yeah. I don't think she wears pants for three quarters of this movie. Yep. And it was pretty formative <laughs> from young Miles that Monica Belusi doesn't wear pants and she doesn't wear shirts too often either. A couple of pretty graphic sex scenes with her. And uh, she is Italian, but she uses regular ass cards as tarot cards for some reason. And uh, while they're doing the sex, she cuts him and uh, licks the blood off her knife. She's like, this is a scar to remember me by. Yeah, her character was very confusing. <laughs> like, I have questions at the end about her, too. But, yeah, I don't want man, was she yet. intimidating. <laughs> like, she's <laughs> intimidating. And she's supposed to be like a sexual character, but yeah, she is, she is intense. So, uh, this moment has specific meaning to me and my, my buddy Tim, and he's the only person who's going to really appreciate it, but I'm going to explain it as best I can. Uh, right when they're done doing the sex, there's a scream down the hall, <laughs> and a prostitute goes, I won't sleep with a sorcerer! <laughs> and Frontsack goes, <laughs> Your words are quite delicate! <laughs> I don't know why that resonated with me and my buddy so hard. So now, <clears throat> every now and then, we're like, Your words are quite delicate! And uh, it's always a reference to that, because they didn't like her his tattoos and stuff. They thought he was a sorcerer. Yeah, she said he had snakes on his... And Manny's just sitting there like, huh? Yeah, I, all women look the same when the candles are out, he says. It's like, I got ink. Where I come from, that makes me a badass. <laughs> and uh, a badass he fucking is. And then we get a cool transition scene where Monica Belusi's titties turn into mountains as it's like moving on. And that was my dad's way to try and distract me from the fact that there were tits on. He's like, look at how amazing this transition is. Oh yeah, and, uh, doesn't she like she like drugs his food or something? She's she talks about how uh, women in Italy tell or keep their husbands from cheating because they feed them a little bit of poison in the morning yeah. and the antidote at night. It is also important. I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of just randomly putting things in people's mouths in this movie. <laughs> there is a lot of that, isn't there? Yeah. Is that part where Manny gives drugs to the fucking what Thomas or whatever his name is? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was going to be important. Not at all. <laughs> nope, not at all. It's just for fun. Um, so then we, uh, after your words are quite delicate, there we cut to kids shepherding some sheep through snow, and Sardis is giving some scripture that is about a monster unleashed by God to punish the people who don't believe in him. 
And uh, that is when, yeah, so then uh, the kids clearly get attacked by a monster. But the slow reveal of the monster, I think, is what gives this movie its real, like, intrigue. Because this is the first real, like, even glimpse you get of it is when he's killing this little boy and this little girl. Yeah, it takes a long time before you see it proper. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking worth it. Like, that's what I was a little worried about. I was like, it's been a couple years since I watched this. I hope that the, like, CGI monster doesn't look like total dog shit. But I do know that they use practical for some of it. So I was like, I don't know if it'll hold It up. wasn't terrible, for especially for being 22 years old. It definitely wasn't terrible. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. It was still, it, I was just fine with it. Yeah, it didn't offend me at all. And I was, like, looking at it with a critical eye. So it holds up, relatively speaking. Um, so then, uh, Fronsack meets with Marianne when she's about to leave town and he's like, we need to meet alone. And she goes, all right, my parents are going to be out of town in 10 days. We can meet alone. Then he's like, 10 days. She's like, I'm a busy woman, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yep. So that's, uh, that's when they go hunting for the little kids. They're like, uh, the, the dad of the little kids comes running into church and is like, I've been punished. The monster got my kids. So Manny and uh, Fronsac go looking for the monster and the little girls and the little boy. And uh, just before they find the kid, they see the witch. She's like looking at him like, hmm, and she runs off into the woods. And uh, Manny finds the little girl under a tree, like deep in the roots of a tree. And Fronsac pulls a metal tooth out of the little boy's dead body. Again, important. What did you think of that scene? Like, I thought it was pretty cool the way that they, like, brightened it up a whole lot, like, to the point where it made it almost hard to see. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really like that snow environment. I thought that was shot. There's a lot of really cool, like, different cinematography in this movie that I haven't, like, seen. Some of it, like, didn't land. Some of it was, like, a little, I don't know, like, when they tried to do, like, these sweeping fast-forward shots. Mm-hmm. over like landscape i'm like eh, that looks a little dated but then there were other cool scenes like uh they're like going through the woods and like the music is going in and out and stuff i thought that was really cool we're like yeah, going like, from like the galloping feet through the water and shit like that yeah 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 i like this like yeah all those establishing shots are really cool again the french countryside is just fucking gorgeous like, it, yeah. it makes me want to and go it's there. creepy as fuck like when they're out in the mars and shit yeah, it's, it's all gray. spooky. It's all fucking like headless horseman looking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so after they bring the girl back, uh, there have been twelve kills since the hunt. So now we're at seventeen sixty six. So they've been there for a little bit, a couple of years. What was it? Seventeen sixty four was when it started. Yeah, so they've been there for yeah. three years at this point. And uh, Fronsac still apparently hasn't sealed the deal. So with Marianne, so uh, there have been 12 kills since the hunt and everyone's like, this is a terrible monster. And Fronsac's like, no monster has fangs of steel. And uh, so the aristocracy fires the captain who like organized the hunt and everything. They're like, you suck. You can't do anything. So they send word to Paris to get some better military help because Fronsac's not really doing it. And they just had to fire their military leader because he sucks. So. Yeah, how uh, does this whole like bureaucracy work, if that's the right word? 
Like the, it's there's like a king. There's the king and queen. Of, there's the king of France. Yeah. And then the priest and like the duchess or whatever run this whole like town. Uh, essentially, yeah. I think the duchess is Marianne's mom. Yeah, the so, older lady. Yeah. Like, She's like the royal family of the of the village, and then the priest is like the real high power. Yes, yep. But he answers Precise. to the king. But he answers to the pope, and the king and the pope have equal power. So, like, he's like essentially higher ranking than she is, the priest. So, for the, what that's worth. Um. So Fransac meets with Marianne on a rooftop, and he says, "Sail away with me. Come sail away with me." And uh, she's like, I got responsibility, dude. <laughs> Can't just sail away with you. So uh, then we cut back to the brothel. Um, the Florentine woman keeps her husband by poison. Okay, so we already talked about that. And uh, Fransac is starting to like hallucinate when he's around Monica Bellucci <laughs> and like is imagining her killing him and shit. And uh, shit just is real weird from that point forward. Um, did we get to the point where Manny wakes the little girl up? I feel like I might have passed that. Yeah, that's like right after they bring her back. Yeah, he uses his little medicine bracelet to somebody he again thinks he's doing some sort of strange Native American witchcraft. Yep, and he like bites his net, his bracelet and it puts like smoke over the girl's face and it wakes her up and she's able to describe the monster a little better. He's got big metal spikes coming off his back and shit. Um, so then in the morning we enter act three of this movie. Um, this is a, a five act movie. Uh, so the Paris's master at arms rides into town with like a huge military force. His name, his name is Antoine de Bonnet, who I think is an actual like French figure. Um, but he's pretty much just like a political guy. He is not really a fighter by any stretch of the imagination. He just does what the king says, and he makes it seem like he did something big and grand. So he's just there to boss people around, essentially. Um, so he takes Fransac and gives him a wolf, and he says, turn this into the monster. And Fransac's like, what? He goes, I need them to think I killed the monster right when I got here. So taxidermy this thing and make it look like a giant monster, or else the king isn't going to be happy with you, and we all know what it means when the king's not happy. Um, so he does essentially. Um, and uh, oh, now Manny awakens the girl. Okay, so that does happen a little bit later. So Fransac is making a big scary monster out of a wolf, and uh, during that time he. Okay, yeah. So he makes this big scary monster out of the wolf, which I thought looked pretty cool, but it's not the beast. It's clearly yeah. not the beast. Yeah, that's like a red stripe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It almost looked like the werewolf from like American Werewolf in London. Like it yeah. looked very much like that. There's your werewolf, Josh. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the little girl reveals that a man controls the beast. There's some guy that tells the beast what to do. So it's starting to come together. It's got metal teeth, and there's some dude telling it what to do. And is this the moment you're like, this better not be a man? Yeah, well, I had. I think that's where I had stopped for a little while. I had to stop. So mm -hmm. I had like a lot of like theories. I was like, could this possibly be Manny and the main guy, and he's like controlling Manny on some sort of like cool. Indian cool. sp 
Indian spirit transformation into some wolf monster. Yeah, because it definitely has like moments where supernatural is still on the table. Like it could go supernatural. Well, the bad guys seem to be wearing almost the same type of jacket hat combination as those two were. That's true. That's true. They're, we're we're going down the like. Is Fronsack the bad guy? <laughs> no, he's not. But um, so he Fronsack gets dismissed after he makes this wolf monster, and uh, they hand him a red book, and uh, the red book is like disguised to be a novel, but it's the um, the book is words are so hard to come out of my head right now. The book undermines the king's orders to pretend the wolf is dead. So the Pope is like, we're going to keep looking for the wolf, but you guys just pretend that like the king, you did what the king said and it all worked out. But Fransac, you know that the wolf is, it's not a wolf and you know, it's not dead. So you got to skip out of town because everyone knows, you know, and that's not going to end well for you. If you stick around, Fransac's like, fuck you motherfucker. <laughs> and, uh, so, Fronsack does not leave. And then we get the sheep in the mud scene. This was the trailer for the movie, was the sheep in the mud scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was intense. Yeah, Lady uh, is like climbing down into a mar. This is what I was saying when I was like, this looked really like fucking creepy. There's like a dead tree and just a giant mud puddle in a hole in the ground. (laughs) But she climbs down in there to get her sheep out, and it's all like just water and sludge. And as she's getting like the sheep towards the edge, they like the, her and the sheep both hear this beast. <laughs> so they like start scrambling to two different parts of the to get out, and the sheep gets out first, and then the lady gets got by the beast. You get to see it, uh, uh, like a brief peripheral of the beast, and he's got like big spikes, and it looks like he has armor almost, and you can hear like swords clanking like his metal <laughs> teeth and shit it's so good it's so good and uh yeah there's like random moments of like slow-mo and shit like this is before 300 my dude like, <laughs> got sparta kicked right into that mud that's um, true so uh then fronsac finally meets with marianne to get down to funky town 10 days later and um they go to her nanny's secret shack so apparently she's still tight with her nanny. Um, and then this scene's also fucking dope. <laughs> this is when you get to finally see the monster. So uh, they go into this shack and her nanny's husband goes into the basement to get some wine. And the beast follows him down there and fucks this dude up. And uh, he, the beast then like jumps through the floor and they're fighting him off with like uh, hay forks, pitchforks. They're fighting him off with pitchforks and shit. And uh, the beast gets right up in Marianne's face like it's about to fucking maul her. And it changes its mind. And then the rest of the village shows up so that the beast runs off. And the house is like on fire. (laughs) Yeah, like shit. It leveled this fucking house. The beast is like jumping through walls and shit. (laughs) He's huge. Like, how would you describe the beast? Yeah, he looks like fucking (laughs) He-Man's fucking... Cat buddy, what's his name? Fucking battle cat with a bunch of armor and fucking like spears all over its back. It's fucking crazy looking. And like this is where some of the practical was mixed in with the camera or with the computer and stuff. And 
I thought it was relatively flawless. The, the shading of the light wasn't quite right, but overall they they nailed it, I think. So Beast runs out through the wall, and you can see it runs up to its master, who's wearing the like hat coat combo, and the master with his right arm that's all mangled and gnarly looking, he pulls the pitchfork out of its head, and it cuts much more of I that. feel like lightning strikes in the background every time they show that man <laughs> right <laughs> pretty much they couldn't be much more twirly mustache with it and he's got like a weird wolf mask on mm-hmm. some kind of like African wolf mask thing yeah okay then we go into act four so it is the final hunt Fransac uses guns uh Marquis, uh, what was Marquis? Marquis Oh, is this where they're at the like they're made up shooting range? Yeah, they're shooting pumpkins and shit. (laughs) And Manny's just hulking axes and knives around. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and Thomas has a fucking crossbow. They're like, What are you gonna do with that? And he fucking blows up a pot, and they're like, All right, that might be useful. (laughs) They, uh, they get he's got Manny's got tomahawks and shit. Then, uh, they cuts to like. There's a lot of people placing money on bets. There's like three dogs in an arena with the beast. So tons of people know that the, what the beast looks like. Yeah, it's all those circus folk from the beginning that were all fighting Manny. It's like their whole gypsy squad. Right? Gypsies, yes. It's, it's the witch and all of the wannabe wolverines and shit. They're all watching the beast just maul these poor Rottweilers. <laughs> and the witch's dad is basically like the rancor handler right. <laughs> from star wars <laughs> yeah. yeah he's uh he's a healer so he's got to be there to not help the dogs i'll tell you that there's not much you can do for the dogs um so then the marquee takes quote-unquote indian sacrament and by the way i'm saying indian and native american because back then they said indian so that was what i was writing Oh, well. And they say the word Indian about nine million times on this fucking movie. Yes. Your friend is an Indian. They, they literally say. And so um, uh, Mar- Marquis Thomas is there like, eat some of this and you're going to go on a spirit journey. And uh, <laughs> Zach's like, I don't know, man, at your own risk. And Manny just puts it right in his mouth for him. <laughs> puts it right in <laughs> and, and then uh, he was like yeah he's like i'm going to convene with the wolves and then in when the sun rises they'll show us where the beast is now take these drugs <laughs> <laughs> and uh thomas does and he promptly passes the fuck out like seconds later i want to know what that shit was because i want to try it i'm assuming um, it was ayahuasca it might have been, but then he would have been shitting and puking, and it would have been a real mess. <laughs> um, so then uh, the wolves summon the beast, and the beast is running through, getting chased by all these wolves. And uh, they Manny managed to make these really elaborate, crazy traps. Yeah, this is and- where Manny goes full Schwarzenegger from Predator. Yeah, <laughs> he fucking puts his hair back in the pony's tail. He puts on his fucking war paint. He looks fucking badass. He strips down to nothing but fucking, like, chaps and a (laughs) loincloth and a fucking tomahawk. And it's the most badass shit in the fucking world. He set up fucking, like, Indiana Jones death spike ball things that fall down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and they fucked this beast up, too. Like, this 
traps are like getting him and they get him in like a little cage and Thomas and uh, Fronsacco running up to shoot him and the beast jumps out and it fucking mauls Thomas's arm. He like drags him like 30 feet just ripping at his arm. Man, he hucks a fucking tomahawk right in the beast's forehead. <laughs> yeah, he fucking whomps him. Like, man, he's so badass. He's so movie. badass. Manny decides then to pursue the beast while Fronsac cares for Thomas because there's a lot of important veins in your arm. So a couple of those arteries get nicked, you're going to die. So someone has to save Thomas. So Manny goes on his own. Trying I, just, to- I just remembered where we were. I got really sad. <laughs> this is the saddest part of the movie because character as dynamic and amazing as Manny can't make it to the end. This is bullshit. Yeah. This is bullshit. Yeah, so Manny is chasing him. He chases him all the way to this like hunting village, not village, hunting cabin. There are it's all the, of these. Yeah, it's where those fucking the dog fights were. Exactly. So he opens up a can of wolf ass and starts fucking up wannabe Wolverines again. And uh, the witch shows up and makes him hesitate. <laughs> he, cu- he cuts one of their arms off and throws <laughs> throws it into another dude's chest. The Wolverine. Hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There are a couple of moments in this movie where I was just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so good. And uh, then, of course, he can't make it, so he gets shot. And he gets shot by what is later revealed to be a silver bullet. So, as we mentioned earlier, Jean-Francois signs all of his shots with a silver bullet. And then they torture him to death, which is also very sad. And yeah. uh, they just fling his body down a crevice. And Fronzak finds him and cleans him up. And, and screams at the sky. It was so sad. Like, I love their relationship. He treats him like his brother. The entire time. Yeah, he washes his dead body. And, like, gives him, like, a fucking like, ceremonial Native American funeral. Yeah, he has to burn his body at dawn of the next day. and he's <laughs> But he does dead. not rest before then. No, he does not. Because it so, turns out, what's his name? Fronsac. Fronsac is just as much of a badass as Manny is. Yeah, he is. He because him out of fight. He dons his war paint, and he goes crazy on these motherfuckers. He fucking does. He <laughs> infiltrates and fucks people up. There's a scene where he's in a hallway, and he just grabs this dude. It's a narrow hallway, and he just bashes the dude's head in to both sides of the hallway just over and over, and he kicks him, and he just fucking falls through the wall. Into the wall, so yeah. He, like, puts, oh. puts his whole body in the wall and then kicks him in the spine. <laughs> it was amazing. He was shooting. He shot a dude in the head with a flaming arrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like some serious Terminator shit. And um, he will have his revenge for Manny. <laughs> Yeah, he will. Uh, he comes across the witch, and he doesn't hesitate at all. He pimp slashes that bitch right across the face. Yeah, he like back elbows her in the skull. <laughs> <laughs> he drops her like a fucking... Anyway. Um, so then he sees this like crazy bone sword on a wall and these African occult artifacts, one of which is the mask that the guy who was like running the beast wears. And he figures out, man, he was tortured to death. Very sad. Very sad. Yeah, he grabs a dude and throws him on that thing. Yeah, he does. Like, <laughs> fuck you for hurting my friend. He really, really fucks him up. And then it's almost dawn, so he just stops fucking people up to go and burn Manny's body. Yeah, I thought that and was so cool. Like, I could finish this now, but 
my friend my friend has to have this because it guaranteed him more if it was done at the first dawn of his death then it was guaranteed he would be like granted entrance into the afterlife or whatever yeah so it it was of the utmost importance that he does that so he just then he collects his ashes in a box Mm -hmm. he collects his ashes in a box which will be used later and Sardis himself comes and tells Fronsac that yeah, you have one last chance, man. You gotta get out of town because it's not gonna work out if you stick around. And Fronsac's like, "Fuck you!" And I hope the devil takes your soul. And uh, so then Sardis has Fronsac arrested. And uh, you've not seen Game of Thrones, so that's a bummer. There's a cook who looks like Maud from the first season of Game of Thrones. He's this bald, fat guy. Who in Game of Thrones he like has a guy in a jail cell and the guy's like I'll pay you gold and he like kicks the door and he goes gold no gold and he just beats <laughs> the shit out of uh, fucking little dude is amazing anyway so I think it might be the same actor so this big fat bald cook dude is like making food and Monica Bellucci comes in and is like let me drop a little something in this soup and take it to a prisoner and then we open it in Act Five final act of the movie. Uh, it turns out Monica Belusi goes to see Fronsac in his prison cell, gives him the soup, and it turns out she's a spy for the Pope. Is that what that was? Yeah. Yeah, she's a spy for the Pope because... Um, How's the Pope going to have prostitute spies? I mean, he's the second, one of the two most powerful people in the world. You're going to have prostitute spies. He's supposed to be a man of God. <laughs> well... Sardis wrote him a letter and said, hey, I got this monster thing going. It's pretty tight. I got people believing in God again. So, like, I just want you to know this beast is under your control. I'm Sardis, the, the priest man. So I'm going to kind of be the same rank as you now because I got this cool piece of thing. And uh, Pope didn't like that. So Pope sent Monica Belusia in to figure out what the fuck is going on. And um, so th- that part is very difficult to follow. So Sardis created the Brotherhood of the Wolf, and uh, it was more so to scare the king than the Pope. And the Pope was just like, Mm-mm, no, 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 no. So um, they don't dig it, and uh, she poisons Fronsac, and he dies in his prison cell. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it blew my mind, because I'm like, we still got a half hour left to this bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Both the American badasses are fucking dead. <laughs> so, yeah, um... Then we cut to Marianne is like going after Sardis and the other aristocracy and they're like, what the fuck? Why is he arrested? We need to go get him. And they're like, oh, well, he died in his prison cell. She's like, fuck. <laughs> so um, uh, Sardis decides that he needs to kill Marianne because she's only going to cause problems now. So he brings her a poison cup of whatever and Jean-Francois, who is her brother, stops Sardis from killing her. She's like, don't drink that. I feel like that, this little, like, weirdness came out of nowhere in, like, the fifth act here. It did, yeah. Because, like, he was just like a weird guy, but then out of nowhere, he's, like, on his knees crying that he's, like, having urges for his sister. And the Pope, the priest just like, there's only one thing you could do about that. Kill your sister. The reason for all of that is that's how the Pope got Jean-Francois, the man who can't be tricked, to work for him. Is he's like Jean-Francois com- admitted that he's like in love with his sister, so that's super against God. So Sardis is like, you can still be in love with your sister without paying the price and like the crime and 
going to jail and or being murdered for being in love with your sister if you do what I want you to do, which is bring me a monster from Africa and help me train it and be boss. So, spoilers, that's where we end up. But that's why this whole scene happens, because it has to give Sardis some, like, leverage over Jean-Francois as to why he's able to control him. So Jean-Francois rapes his sister when she's like, I don't want to be in love with you, even though you just saved my life. So Jean-Francois rapes his sister, and it is revealed that he has two arms, one of which is all mangled and gross. Yeah, no excuse not to still cut your fingernails, though, guy. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> they're, like, square and gross. Like, ugh. Yeah, they're super long, like, fucking evil old lady Disney witch's fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, his other hand is perfectly, like, pedicured. Like, just fucking cheer your nails down, bro. Yeah, he, he spends his whole life with it, like, up behind his back so that he tricks people and it's in one of those corset things that even men wear so no one is the wiser that he has both of his arms yeah I didn't see that coming <laughs> yep it's a surprise um, so then uh, uh, Monica Belusi digs up Fransac and then by biblical terms he's technically a revenant at this point so he's, he's come to seek some retribution and yeah, she like up. Romeo'd him, basically. Yes. She gave him some poison <laughs> to like lower his heart rate so they'd think he was dead. Yes, because she knew that he's the only person with the mad skills to do what needs to be done. Yeah, and then we get that last scene, 2.0, when he comes back and starts killing more people. <laughs> it's so dope. So um, there's like a big sermon happening where it's clearly Sardis is behind all of it. And all of the aristocracy is like part of the Brotherhood of the Wolf. And they're all just like, yeah, the beast is dope. They're all in red robes with wolf masks on. It was like that scene in uh, Hot Fuzz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the greater good. <laughs> it's a, exactly what it is. It's the same plot. Um, and then Fransac calls them all out on their bullshit and what their crimes are. And he's like, I'm coming to represent God and fuck y'all up. And he drops down and he fucks up a shitload of minions. He scalps one of them. Fucking yeah, he does. And uh, before he got there, it turned out that he went and found the captain that they fired earlier and all of his men. So they all showed up and started lighting people up. Fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then Monica Belusi, in very much uh, Soul Calibur fashion, she kills the witch with a really sharp fan. Yeah, yeah, she fucking could Princess Katana her ass. <laughs> Just dead. And um, so then we get the final fight scene between Jean-Francois and Fransac, where Jean-Francois has the, the bone sword that has a chain in the middle of it, so it, like, interchanges between sword and whip, and it's fucking crazy. It was weird that the, our main guy was not shocked that that guy had another arm <laughs> right he was just like oh well here we are <laughs> yeah. deal with it. they were fighting now he kept doing these cool he had two blades fransac had two blades he kept fucking swinging them around in his hands <laughs> like drumsticks <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he was he was doing some crazy shit and um they ended up there was uh, one too many scenes of him stopping the bone sword with both knives and then the bad guy kicking him in the chest that happened like four times in a row <laughs> it, yeah he, he definitely like solo caliber you only have so many moves he just kept doing the same combo over and over um so then jean francois gets stabbed a little bit 
and uh, it's pretty clear he's about to die. So he kills himself with Fronsac's knife, and he goes, Marianne, look at me! And that reveals that Marianne might not have survived the rain. Um, and then uh, Sardis is running through the woods, and he gets eaten by wolves. <laughs> Poetic. So yeah, no one the really wolves gets... that Manny's spirit definitely sent after them. Yeah. So uh, he gets he done gets eight. Um, so then uh, the the prostitute is like, "Hey, get out of here before I change my mind, or I'm gonna arrest you in the name of the Pope." It's like, why would you do that? Yeah, that scene was super confusing because she literally says like, "Hey, do you want to celebrate our victory here and fuck?" I could introduce you to the Pope. Get out of here before I change my mind. That's right. <laughs> that's verbatim what she said. I'm like, she didn't even give him like, like he wasn't giving her like looks of like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Like he probably would have boned down with you. <laughs> like I'm sure he definitely yeah. wants to meet the Pope. <laughs> hey, uh, have some of this poison. We'll go meet the Pope. Yeah, <laughs> but no, she she had a real wishy washy moment there. And uh, Fronsac goes back to the castle or wherever the fuck they live. And uh, he saves Marianne with Manny's magic dust on the, his bracelet. And uh, then it cuts to them sailing away and spreading Manny's ashes at sea. And, uh, and Tomas in the future. Yes. I didn't get what was going on there. All the people were like turning against him. The French Revolution, yeah, where they like killed all the people with the powdered wigs and shit and were cutting people's heads off some like Taylor Two City shit. But he was a good guy. <laughs> I mean, they were he was just a rich asshole to them. They were starving in the streets. Yeah. So he uh he he closes the book and was like, That's my last action is to tell this story and then they took him out and they hung him. And uh then there's one last flashback to Fronsac killing the beast after Manny fucked him up real good. And uh, they explain that it was some sort of creature from Africa that they trained to be vicious. And they put all this armor and shit on him. And they never really determine exactly what it is, but Fronsac executes it with a bullet to the head. And it looks like a wolf when you can see like its eye and his mouth and stuff. It looks like a wolf. But I looked mm. up, there's only two different types of wolves in all of Africa. There's the gray wolf, which the American version is big, but the African version is not very big. Mm-hmm. And the uh, what's the Ethiopian wolf, which is very not big at all. It's more like a, almost more like a fox. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, this, it's not a fucking lion or a tiger. Like, it's definitely a, a dog. <laughs> like, so what the fuck is it? It's fucking huge. So um, this is based on a real thing that actually happened. 500 women and children were killed by a beast over the course of four years. And um, that's for real, for real in the 1700s. And I've watched documentaries and stuff about what happened in in, uh, Jebourdin with the beast. And uh, the one documentary said it had to be one of two things. Either it's a Tasmanian tiger, which kind of was the right coloring of the beast in the movie. But more likely, it was a hyena that they trained to be vicious because the guy who, in real life, like they think was responsible for it, made frequent trips to Africa. And the way that, like, skulls were crushed and stuff, the only canine with the ability to do that, like, whose jaw is strong enough to crush a human skull, apparently, is a hyena. 
and most of the reports reported like a demonic laughing, which is also something hyenas do. So the beast of Jebudun was a fucking hyena. I feel like it would it would be too cold, so he must have just continuously been bringing them back. Yeah, he uh, he was training them to kill people and just hate it. And apparently, he had like a hatred for prostitutes, so he mostly targeted prostitutes. Was the whole church thing real, or was that added? Nope, that was added. That, yeah. <laughs> well, one but, funny thing that happened when uh, when the army was like gathering them all up at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the line in the dub said, line up these bastards, boys. <laughs> but the subtitle said, line up these buttholes, boys. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Like, line up these buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Brotherhood of the Wolf, my dude. You have some questions for me from what I understand? Uh, that well, the beast, yeah, the beast thing. I I asked him as they popped up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the prostitute thing, the Thomas thing, and the wolf thing. Yeah, it took me until this time around to really piece together that Monica Bellucci was a spy for the Pope. I knew she like was representing somebody. I didn't realize she was a spy for the Pope until this most recent time. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of information. Hmm. So yeah, it's definitely a movie you got to watch more than once. But I did really like it. Oh, I yeah, wish dude. I would really wish that fucking Manny hadn't died and there had been a sequel to this. Right? I mean, I don't know how a sequel would have worked, but I do yeah. wish there would have been like a spinoff of Manny the Indian running around telling people their words are quite delicate. Oh, I want Manny and his fucking friend, and maybe they go to the next town and they're fucking vampire hunters. <laughs> <laughs> they find actual werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> There were silver bullets and everything. Yeah, like I take that. Like you, almost like a Sherlock Holmes thing. Like they go to another village, who says they're being attacked by a vampire, and they got to Scooby Doo that shit to see that it's not a fucking. It's actually someone stealing your blood. Yeah, right. That would have been cool. I'd totally take that shit. The director of this is best known. For directing Silent Hill. Have you seen Silent Hill? I haven't seen Silent Hill. Oh, you haven't seen Silent oh, Hill? That... People say it's pretty good. I really enjoy it. it. Did he direct the sequel too? No, he did not. I heard Thank that God. one's pretty good too. It is not. It's one of the no? worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It's oh, crazy. really? Yeah. So uh, he's best known for doing Silent Hill, which is, in my opinion, without any contest, the best movie adaptation of a video game I've ever seen. It's so good. What? You ever seen Detective Pikachu? I have seen Detective Pikachu. And it's very different. (laughs) But yeah, Silent Hill is so fucking good. Um, All right, my dude, what do you think? Keep it or dump it? Uh, Not only should you keep it. Here, let me look it up real quick. Two hours and 24 minutes. This is a long movie. Yeah, Jesus. I was going to say I was going to buy it, but the DVDs are expensive as fuck. They are? How much are they? The Blu-ray is fucking $27. Jesus. I could buy it digitally on YouTube for four bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's really fucking good. It's a hundred percent worth the second watch. The regular DVD is thirty ninety nine. Whoa. They must not have made that many of them. Well, here's one for twelve oh three. There you go. But yeah, I will buy it sometime because I, I really I liked it that much. Hell yeah, dude, I'm so happy. Here's a two pack of it with the Scorpion King. <laughs> what? 
two hit movies, one hot price. <laughs> With a scorpion king, why would that be attached to it? Anyway. I'll screenshot it so you can post it. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is episode 100 of the Disc Dump. Can't believe I fucking did 100 of these. More than 100, but 100 yeah. canonical ones. And I've been on like 25 of them. <laughs> yeah, right. And honestly, my relationship with you and my boy Chris from the Geek Peak, our co-host on High on Horror, is by far the best thing that came out of this podcast. Hell yeah, my dude. You're my bros for life. Real friends for life. Yeah, we we real friended too. Like We went and met each other a couple times and shit. This is cool shit, man. Hell yeah. Many Hell more yeah. times to come. Indeed. So, um, yeah, this is, uh, this is where we're at. It may not be a very good show, but I've gained a lot from it because of friends. So, yeah. hell yeah. If you want to see us in, at a convention in your area, you let us know. Yeah, we might make it happen. We'll do our best to. Especially, like, once we're all gainfully employed by all of me. me. Yeah. If we're gainfully employed, we can make this shit happen. It'll be dope. We want to do, like, shows where it's, like, each of our individual shows, and then we headline with our show together. Be yeah. awesome. Be dope as fuck. So, uh, speaking of our shows, Josh, you want to tell them about your show? Yeah, sure. I am the host of the Four Nerds by Nerds podcast. Uh, every week, we have either a new commentary or Jeopardy episode or movie review, things like that. It's real fun. Cover everything in nerd culture. Um, and then my other show with Miles here and Chris is the High on Horror podcast, um, where we review horror movies and sometimes romantic comedies. <laughs> <laughs> one time, of rom- it'll be our one a year, one time a year we do a romantic comedy. I think is what we should do. <laughs> yep. And uh, um, yeah, you can find that show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere, TikTok. At H on H pod. At H on H pod. And we all have merch on Threadless. So H on H pod dot threadless dot com. Just dump dot threadless dot com. Geekpeak dot threadless dot com. He ain't on this show. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should have been here, Chris. Yet again. I've- I feel bad. He wanted to be in this one. Yeah. He, he was like, I can't come to Pennsylvania. That we can make fun of for. <laughs> but he didn't want to be on this one. So Yeah, he's still going to watch this movie. I'm curious to hear what he says. I think he'll like it. I think so, too. It's, it's uh, the best movie. So, like, there might be one or two movies at this point in my life that I do appreciate more. But this is still, like, top three favorite movies of all time. So, yeah, it was, it was it. really, really cool. I definitely want to watch it again, especially if in one go. Yeah, and maybe in, on Blu-ray, so I can fucking get the highest quality. We're definitely gonna watch. We'll watch it together next time we get together. We'll watch it together. Hell yeah, we'll do a commentary or something. Fuck shit. yeah! <laughs> and even if I get the Blu-ray of this, I'm gonna keep the DVD, and it'll be my loaner. Like, yeah. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? Here you go. Try it. <laughs> yeah, it was a really cool movie. It, it made me sad a little that Mark Dacascos is like he, he's had a fine career, but I wish his career had taken off more because I really like him. Yeah, I was like when I saw he was the bad guy in John Wick Three, I was so excited because I knew what this guy could do. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, it's about to get real. Man, yeah, I mean, he's been consistently working since the '80s, so I mean, you can't call that a failure. No, nope. and I'm pretty sure there was a point where he picks up a tomahawk in uh, in. John Wick and I was just like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this character is the ancestor of Manny. Yeah. 
All righty. Um, and uh, audience, if you're looking for me, Disc Dump, wherever you look at things, find the socials and all that good shit. Uh, Discdump.threadless.com. If you want to email me, discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. Oh, and I keep forgetting to do this. My boy, the fat rat, hmm. he just hit like 40 million downloads or some shit. Like, this dude's a big deal. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, he's a, he's a big deal. He's gotten like so much traction. When I asked him if he'd do this, he said yes. I was like, I can't believe you even answered. Yes, this is amazing. So he does the song Unity. He wants you to look it up on YouTube because Spotify don't pay shit. So YouTube, the song Unity by the Fat Rat. All right, Josh, thank you for doing episode 100 with me. Fuck yeah, buddy. Here's to 100 more. Here's to 100 more. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, bros. This is going to be a good year.